When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up and welcome back to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Friday, November 4, 2022. Of course, I'm Tim Geddes and I'm joined by the new face of video games, Blessing, Adioye Jr. Tim, we are T-minus four days from the release of the most anticipated game of the year, Sonic Frontiers. Frontiers, baby. Tim, how are you feeling, man? Oh, I gotta go fast. We're almost there. You gotta go fast. I cannot wait to play this game, Bless. We are so close to me getting my hands in the controller, mm. being able to play as the blue blur, blur once again. The blue blur. Let me tell you, I watched that uh, Knuckles Sonic Frontiers prologue video that they put out. Oh, my God. I got dude, chills watching that thing, dude. It is chill-inducing for sure. The quality of animation is awesome. I love the the Sonic team and Sega have been doing a great job with their with having fun with their YouTube channels, with the animation stuff. Like They're mm. actually pouring budget into making really, really, really cool shorts. They started doing it with uh, Sonic Mania um, a couple oh, yeah. of years ago and put out uh, multiple series at this point, little mini-series, and all of those things are really, really, yeah. really dope. It was just a good reminder that uh, Knuckles is that guy. You know, you can't fuck with Knuckles because Knuckles fucks back, uh-huh. Tim. Knuckles Jesus. not playing around. <laughs> yeah. Bless it. Am I wrong? No. Am I wrong? You're Look not at this guy. allowed to say that. Knuckles <laughs> fucks back. Yeah, he does. It's, it's right, Tim. He's right. It's, it's he on the back of the box. Back. <laughs> it's on the back, the back of the box. Also, speaking of boxes, uh, I, got oh, this, I got this Sonic Frontiers. What a no. <laughs> This we Red need Bull. to restart this episode. <laughs> I got this Red Bull box. Uh, this is gifted by the one and only Imran, the Don Khan. He went to TGS, and over there they had a bunch of Sonic Frontiers merch prom- uh, prom- promoting the game. Mm-hmm. And Imran was like, I don't want this shit. <laughs> and so he, he kept uh, a bunch of it to give to me and gift to me. Um, and let me tell you, man. I was expecting to open this thing and like have like a really cool like Sonic the Hedgehog can of Red Bull. No, it's just some Red Bull. It's, it's just two Red Bulls. It's just two Red Bulls up in this bitch. <laughs> And so, Tim, on this... That's the most Sega merch right there. Oh, my Lord. (laughs) On this Friday before Sonic Frontiers, I want to split with you a Red Bull. Oh, dude. Let's do it. Let's do it. Thank you. you. Thank you very much. Happy Friday before Frontiers. Happy Friday. Happy Frontiers Friday. Cheers. God. Oh, well, well, I'm just getting that ready. Here we go. To Sonic. To Sonic. <laughs> and to Knuckles fucking back. Uh, today's stories include a God of War review roundup, a bunch of Hideo Kojima headlines, and more. Because this is Kinda Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live right here on YouTube.com slash Games and Twitch.tv slash Games. We run you through the nerdy news that you need to know about. If you're not watching live, or if you are watching live, you can watch... I messed all that up. I, I respect you reading it this time. No, that's my problem. Because usually, usually you freestyle. And I should have freestyled. I should have freestyled. You know what I mean? I got caught up in my head. Let me tell you. Let me, let's rewind just let's a rewind. second. Right, was, it, was it the part where I said Knuckles fucks back? Is no. that what fucked you up? Yeah, honestly. <laughs> that got me a little shook. That's then fair. you gave me the Red Bull. Then I had a moment of panic. of like, am I really about to drink a Red Bull and this Trenta iced coffee? Because that seems like too much. And I was like, do I mix them? This seems fucking weird. But you already gave it to me. Then I felt the oh, peer yeah. pressure. So I opened it. And then we cheers. And then I didn't take a sip. And then I was mm. in my head about it. So I started reading. I'm all flustered, guys. I'm <laughs> it's all Friday. Flustered. So, so let's that energy. take that again after I take my sip. Hold on. 
He's taking the sip. Oh, yeah. Now, mix mix that coffee and Red Bull, Tim. Woo, baby. All of me um, so here's what we're talking about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get things wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. But if you're not watching live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames or on podcast services around the globe. If you search for the Kind of Funny Games cast, you can listen to us. Uh, remember, Kind of Funny Games use... Daily. Games cast is a different podcast. <sighs> you you got know what, Tim. y'all? You got this, Tim. You know what? It's okay. It's Friday. I'm having fun. At first, I liked the taste of Red Bull and coffee. Now, nope. not so much. You know, the aftertaste, it's getting to me. That's but fair. whatever. There's Epic Creator Codes. You can use it. It's kind of funny. You can go there, use the code. It gets us money. You don't need to spend extra money anytime you're buying anything on the Epic Game Store. So thank you very much for that. Um, you can also go to patreon.com slash kind of funny. That'll get you the show ad-free, plus a bevy of bonus content, a whole bunch of super cool exclusive shows that you can get over there. Um, some housekeeping for you. A new PS I Love You XOXO is up right now, and it's a God of War Ragnarok FAQ. Uh, that's over on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games and podcast services around the globe. Uh, if you want more God of War, guess what? You are in the right place because Barrett's God of War special presentation is out now. You can join him as he looks back at Kratos' entire journey so far to answer the question, can Kratos be better? So you can watch that and get hyped. And then you can watch our God of War Ragnarok review that is also live. So you can check that out as well. Um, thank you to all of our Patreon producers for helping make this all happen. Morgan Lorraine, Fargo Brady, Christopher Rodriguez, the Kind of Funny Destiny 2 PC clan, Tall Tree 81, Joseph A. Carlson, 1UP Pest Control, Carrie palmer elliot brian cheney trevor starkey and more but i'll get to those later today we're brought to you by wondery rocket money and chime but first let's begin with what is and forever will be the roper report it's time for some news we have seven stories today a baker's dozen thank you thank you very much story number one god of war ragnarok review roundup very excited to talk about Very this. Very excited. Plus, very excited to talk about this game for a long time to come. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Like, it's one of those special moments. I'm, I'm happy to have that moment with you in person. It feels different. Right. having the, Being able to record a, like the next big game review with everyone together with the excitement. Like, what was that like? That was it was amazing, right? And I, I love that we got to start that off with God of War Ragnarok, you know, one of the biggest game releases of the year, mm -hmm. right? It, it kind of feels like this, this cool culmination moment of, all right, the biggest game, the we now got the bigger studio, right? We get to actually share this moment together. And let me tell you, the review we did yesterday was one of my favorite reviews that we've ever done. It was awesome. Yeah. I had a great time, and I hope to continue that with the spoiler cast that we're going to be doing in a Hell couple weeks yeah. as well. But before we get to that stuff, uh, right now, God of War Ragnarok is sitting at a 94 on both Metacritic and Open <sighs> Critic. That is extremely, extremely good. Uh, Simon Cardi at IGN gave it a 10 out of 10 saying it's an enthralling spectacle to behold and an even more exciting one to take the reins of. God of War Ragnarok melds action and adventure together to create a new, unforgettable Norse saga. Impeccable writing, pitch-perfect performances, knockout action. It's a complete work of art from top to bottom. Reflecting its core themes, it's everything a sequel should be, respectful of its legendary lineage, but not afraid to take it to exciting new places. God of War Ragnarok's an almighty achievement and creates a new high that makes many of its peers look positively mortal by comparison. Could not. Agree more. Tamor Hussein, the homie, gives it a 9 out of 10 for GameSpot.com. Uh, God of War Ragnarok is a lavish production with pristine visuals, jaw-dropping scale, crunchy combat that is as satisfying as it is brutal, and a world that begs to have its every corner and crevice explored. 
hot. It's a spectacular blockbuster, but these are the least of its achievements. In a game where a hulking god rips all manner of creatures limb from limb, the most shocking moments aren't bathed in blood, but carried by poignant words and heartfelt emotions. Their former god of war... Uh, they are a former god of war, known for mercilessly killing his kin, finding the words to empathize with loss. A despondent child imploring a father to break a self-destructive cycle, a moment of tenderness in the life of a boy that has the weight of the world on his shoulders. Boy. Boy. Um, and then Greg Miller, you might know from Kind of Funny, gave it a five out of five. And we're going to check out the TikTok review right now. God of War Ragnarok is a 5 out of 5 amazing game. But for me, the real news is something I never would have predicted when playing God of War in 2005. Kratos is, hands down, the best character in video games. Don't worry, I won't spoil anything about his and Atreus' journey here. But after rolling credits 26 hours in, and that's pretty much ignoring side quests, there's no denying that God of War Ragnarok is an instant classic when it comes to gameplay, story, music, graphics, and every other category you could ask me to name. Somehow, Sony Santa Monica has taken everything I loved about God of War 2018 and kept it familiar while expanding on it. We return to locations, but they've changed. We reunite with old friends and enemies, but they've evolved. We hack and slash through all manner of enemies, but it never gets boring. We play as a god who used to be the most one-note character in games, but now I find myself hanging on to his every word and action. My PS5 is packed with cutscenes I captured because they were so epic, and my phone's notes are crammed with quotes I jotted down because they're so poignant. With all the pressure in the world to follow up God of War 2018, Sony Santa Monica somehow did it and delivered another masterpiece. Tim, I got a few questions for you. Really quick, I just want the the music that uh, they use for that uh, review just fuck it goes so hard, man. It, it oh, does. Yeah. It does. Yeah. And also, so Greg's hair in that. Oh my Great. god! And also shout out to the editing. Shout out to Roger McCorney and the editing team. Absolutely oh, killed that. Crushing everything. But based off that review roundup, I got a few questions for you. Go Starting for off it. with uh, Greg's TikTok review. Yes. You know, Greg's not here. Mm-hmm. He can't hurt us. He's outside. Like yeah, he's, he is he's here. He's here in the he office, can't hurt us. But he's not at this table, <laughs> I mean, right? I mean, he could hear you out there, and you might just be summoning him. Who knows? Listen, oh, my lord, don't say his name three times. He's not. Please, he's, bless. He's not going to hurt us, right? He's not. He's not going to come out here and try and like start shit, right? Because mm-hmm. I'm sure he's not listening. Mm-hmm. He starts off his, his review saying Kratos is hands down the best character in gaming. Yeah, Tim, do you agree? I mean, I said this at the end of the games cast that that took me by surprise when he said that. Mm -hmm. And my gut reaction is the same type of gut reaction that that we have when you're a fan of something where you have this weird tribalistic view of it when you like it and you just want to defend it. And you want to be like, no, I have an opinion and that's more right than your opinion. Mm -hmm. Okay, bless. And him saying that my gut reaction was, no, you're a fucking idiot. and You must be wrong. But Mm -hmm. then I sat with it for a second. I'm like, I don't know why that was my first reaction. I need to to work that out. Uh, And then second, I was like, is he wrong? Is he right? I don't know that I agree. I I don't know that off the, the, the top. I'm like, yes, Greg is right about that. But I also am not so sure that he's wrong because I can't think of somebody that I'd put above it. Oh, interesting. Interesting. That's an interesting view of it, right? Like thinking of who, okay, what care if, if it's not Kratos who? Mm-hmm. And I guess for me, a few characters do come to mind. I immediately jumped to Metal Gear just because I'm a big Metal Gear fan, uh-huh. right? Where I'm like, oh, yeah, I fucking love Big Boss as a character. Right? I think Big Boss, I personally would put up uh, uh, against Kratos, right? But like as I go down the line of characters that come to mind, I'm trying to think of how much of it is apples and oranges of 
well, the reason why I probably put Big Boss is just because Big Boss is in a different setting with a different just style of writing with much more dialogue, right? Yeah. The places that Metal Gear goes is way different from, from the places God of, uh, God of War goes, right? And I think we're going to get into more of that conversation as we compare games to games because people love comparison. Um, but I, where when Greg said it, I'm immediately like, oh, I don't know if I agree. I will say, one... I don't question it in terms of opinion, right? Like, I do think it's a very valid opinion, right? I yeah. understand how you get oh, there. Yeah. I understand why somebody would be would, would go, oh, Kratos is the best character in gaming, hands down, right? So I, I, I respect where that opinion comes from. I also would say that even if the writing of, you know, the, all the God of War games, but including God of War 2018 and, and, and Ragnarok, don't take it up there for me in terms of me immediately going, Kratos is the best character of all time, I will say... I think Kratos in video games is one of the best performed characters. Oh, God of yeah. War Ragnarok takes his performance above and beyond in a way where I'm like, yo, Christopher Judge did the damn thing in that oh, game. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, yeah, and Kratos is cool, and they took the cool factor that he's always had and kept it, but then also made it mature and like mm. interesting and, and added a lot, so much, so much depth to the entire thing. So, like, I definitely think most improved character, that's easy. Oh, yes. Yeah. Like, I don't think we've ever seen this type of a glow up in, in terms of character uh, in, in video games. But, yeah, I mean, Kratos definitely up there for, for best. I When it comes to um, characters that come to mind for me of, like, who would even be in the conversation, you say Big Boss. I'm more on the Solid Snake side. I'm more, mm. I've always been more of a Solid Snake fan. And I do think it's interesting that a lot of the characters naming are in the more narrative focused games where like there is a lot like the best character in games has a lot to do with the character and their growth and less necessarily with the gameplay yeah. uh, of it of what they do but i think that the gameplay boosts kratos as well because it's cool and fun to play as him whereas like with snake it's a little bit different like yeah. the weapons and stuff i associate with kratos as a part of him you know yeah, and I guess, you know, when we get into the apples and oranges, oranges conversation of it, right, like when you're talking about best characters in gaming, Mario comes to mind, right, and of course Mario comes to mind for a completely different reason, but for yeah. the reason of gameplay, right, where you think of Mario and you think of all the different iterations of games he's been in, and it's like, yo, this is a character that's been with us for a long time, right, this is a character that, you know, helped save gaming at one point when you're talking about uh, the original Super Mario Brothers and the NES, right, this is a character that has been in, again, so many different iterations that you're talking about Mario Kart, you're talking about Smash, you're talking about 2D, 3D Mario, Mario. You're talking about the iconography of it. You're talking about the Mickey Mouse effect of yeah. just being a recognizable character and a famous character, right? But then you're not really talking about the character development the way that with, with Kratos, you're talking about some, some of the best character development, I'd say, in, in, in video games, right? And I think this might be a games cast conversation. It, of like, yeah, this sounds who are, good. Who are the best characters? What is our video game Mount Rushmore? I, I kind of want to do that. And I also want to do just like, who are our favorite characters? Like, actually, like, if we were to each pick people, like, that doesn't need to be the best, but just like random characters that like we we relate to that resonate with us whatever it is because like mm -hmm. that there's that's a good a good call my, my my other question mm -hmm. goes back to the metacritic are you surprised by the 94 metacritic and open critic no it's a tough thing to talk about uh being surprised with review scores for a game this big you know with god of war where it's kind of like there are so many lofty expectations for good reason because we PlayStation has taught us to expect a certain things from their their first-party studios, right? Mm -hmm. Sony Santa Monica, the last game they put out was God of War, which was one of the highest-rated games of all time, one of our highest-rated games of all time. So the expectation is, oh, it's at least going to be as good as the one of the best games of all time. That is wild, right? So it really comes down to did they do it or not, and they did yeah. So it's like, I'm not surprised because there weren't too many options and there weren't too many in-betweens on, on where this was going to fall. Like, I think that there was enough 
being put into God of War Ragnarok from a budget perspective, from a talent perspective that we know across so many different fields, that there was no way that God of War was going to get anything less than a eight and a half, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that that's because... Uh, not just because, like, oh, like, reviewers would never give that anything lower. It's because when there's that much positive resources being put into something, the base level expectation is is going to be met. Yeah. Yeah, I think when you're talking about game, video game reviews, especially, you're talking about, you know, reviewing video games is very fun and very interesting because video games are such a unique medium when you're talking about all that goes into them, right? When you're talking about all the budget all the time, when you're talking about video games being a creative medium in terms of, storytelling and cinematic presentation, but also in terms of game design and is a video game fun, but also in terms of tech and does this run well and does it look good? And also in terms of art style, and does it present well, right? It's such a mixture of so many things. And I think God of War Ragnarok and Sony Santa Monica are such a good, um, uh, you know, perfect storm of, oh, this is, a, this is a developer that has the resources. This is a developer that is PlayStation first party and they're at the, the top tier of PlayStation first party. So they're going to get the support. They're gonna get the resources. They're gonna get the time and the budget that they need, um, but also, they're a developer that I think has really good talent in terms of, hey, we know how to tell a story. We know how to uh, uh, you know, tell a story that's not even just a good story, but it's a story that pushes our characters. It's a story that feels like it is taking the next step in terms of what our uh, big budget third person action games can be, right? Like they got that on lock. And then also their gameplay is really good, right? They know how to make a game that's fun. They know how to make a game that has very solid mechanics. They know how to make a game that's polished. Um, you know, and on one hand, there's no way that God of War, and we say this about games all the time, with like cyberpunk and all this shit, right? But I really do think that with God of War, there's no way that, to your point, there's no way that God of War Ragnarok is gonna come out and be, and be a seven. Or be an eight. Yeah. Right. And, but, and again, no way to, to go back to the question of would it be surprising if it got a seven? It would be surprising. Yes. Yes. And I think that the the thing that does impress me is the fact that when we're talking about the 94 on Metacritic, you're also talking about, uh, Bear, cor correct me because you, you're talking about this yesterday. God of War 2018 got a 94 on Metacritic as well. It, it, it was 94 on Metacritic with 118 reviews. And at one point, I checked yesterday. Uh, Ragnarok was also a 94 with 116 reviews. Yeah. Uh, so even like just a uh, number wise, because we talk about like how the industry evolves like over the years and like more reviews come out and stuff like that. So I imagine maybe more reviews will roll in over the next couple weeks and like the it might the knock it down, knock one it down point. a little bit. But when you look at the numbers and like how close the number of reviewers there are right now and how exact that uh, Metacritic score is, I just thought that was like really funny and really impressive because you know we've been having that conversation uh, on ps i love you like the last month of like is it going to get lower is it going to get higher and like as of right now it's the same so yeah, yeah. and that's yeah. that i think is i'm incredibly that's the thing impressive. that's impressive that's the thing that's impressed about me and i guess they're impressed about this and not necessarily surprising but just impressed with the fact that it's god of war ragnarok's biggest villain is god of war 2018 when it came to expectations and when it came to how are people going to receive this right is it going to be a thing you pick up and it's like cool god of war 2018 is a 94 because it's a fantastic game but also because it surprised us mm -hmm. we weren't expecting that god of war ragnarok we were expecting that and the fact that they came through and they met and i think in probably a lot of cases maybe ex exceeded expectations that is what's very impressive about the 94 on metacritic for me yeah and when it comes to a sequel uh of this scale there's kind of like the pros and cons of it right where there is the uh inert kind of expectation that it's going to be as good around at least of uh, the last one and the last one was just really damn good so 
there's already that bonus kind of jump off point and there's the understanding of what the ip is there's the inherent interest in it and excitement for it and you're you want to like the thing yeah you know so there's all that going for it but then there is the like okay but like what did it do different what did it do better what did it do more of all that stuff and i feel like it's a, a higher um it's, it's a more uphill battle to like achieve that when there are those expectations so it is kind of a, a push and pull so for it to be where it's at is incredibly impressive we've played the game we know how incredibly impressive it is in relation to the first game or next to the first game so um can't wait for more people to play it but we have some questions from the people out there bless we do. Amiantos writes in and says hey team with god of war once again having exceptional reviews oh yes they did it again i have a couple questions the most obvious is Will this knock off the current Game of the Year favorite, Elden Ring, for 2022? And second question is, is Santa, Sony Santa Monica now the best narrative team in the business, overtaking Naughty Dog, who many up to now have considered as holding that crown? Let's start with the second question. I'm starting with the second question? Ooh, okay. I can definitively say no. Mm-hmm. Because I think that there doesn't need to be a crown, and I think that with what Naughty Dog and um sony santa monica have done with their latest duologies they have proven that they are both incredibly capable studios of producing absolutely moving stories to millions and so it's like we should push both of them up i do not it's fun to compare them and stuff but i think that there, there isn't a definitive unanimous king yeah and that's that's the exact same place where i come uh at it from which is i there are so many different types of video game narratives that it's very tough for me to go, oh, yeah, you know, Sony Santa Monica with God of War have hit the peak. It's never been better than this in terms of video game narrative because I don't think that's the case. I just think I think in terms of specifically what they're doing as a PlayStation big budget thir- uh, third person action game narrative in this way. Yeah, they're top tier. Right. And I think, you know, if you're to tear it out, tear it out, I would say, yeah, Sony Santa Monica is at that top tier. But when I think about the video game narratives that I fall in love with. Oftentimes, they're more RPG narratives, right? Like, oftentimes, when I think of the narratives I love, Disco Elysium is one that I played recently where I was like, yo, this is fucking insane. Um, 13 Sentinels, uh, Aegis Rim is another one where I was like, yo, this is fucking fantastic. Persona 5 is another uh, video game narrative where I'm like, yo, this is top tier. Um, But I wouldn't compare Persona 5 to God of War Ragnarok because they're doing such different things. And I wouldn't say that one is better better than the other in terms of top tier narrative. I think... Different kinds of narratives are going to speak to different people in different kind of ways. And if you, even if you want to boil it down to Sony Santa Monica versus Naughty Dog, I'm personally more of a Naughty Dog person, but that is based on the kind of games they make and the kind of settings that they tackle. I usually don't gravitate that hard toward the fantasy mythological setting. Sony Santa Monica has done a great job of getting me into that through what, their interpretation of Norse mythology. But, you know, if I, if I have to choose between post-apocalyptic or fantasy i'm usually going post-apocalyptic right that's been true with me with fallout versus elder scrolls that's been true with me for i guess here right with uh, last of us for example versus god of war um but i think that is a taste thing i think it is a taste their own thing right <laughs> plenty of people i'm sure uh, even uh, greg miller i'm uh, we'll have this conversation someday on ps love you i'm sure greg would go god of war over last of us any day i'm sure there's plenty of you guys out there that would go god of war over last of us any day but i also think there's probably um maybe an equivalent amount of people that would go the other way around as well i mean i think it's equivalent I think that's what's most interesting about this is like you you bring up the different settings and stuff. I feel like it, Last of Us is the very human story, whereas like God of War is a, is more um, dealing with gods and things. And mm-hmm. you f- 
find the humanity in both of the elements of it. Uh, but I think that like inherently, it, there's just a different type of grounding to the to the Last of Us versus God of War with obvious reasons. But it reminds me a lot of things like Guardians of the Galaxy and Winter Soldier. Both are top tier. Both are lovely at what they do yeah and they do similar things at the end of the day they're both superhero movies that uh in the marvel universe and all that but it's like they are on equal footing to me you know yeah. and i feel like it's a similar thing here with uh with naughty dog and with sony santa monica because we're really right now just talking about god of war versus last of us and it's like cool we can put those in a similar bucket mm. but even just the talent pool that they're dealing with and the way that they think about the games and make the games like i feel like they are really firing all cylinders equally one thousand percent. Now to go to that number one part of the question, right? Most obvious. Will this knock off the current game of the year favorite, Elden Ring, for twenty twenty two? This is the question that I've been avoiding, like the plague. Uh -huh. It was the one that during our review, right, we had up the the chat, and so many people in chat were just talking about Elden Ring, Elden Ring, Elden Ring, and I'm like, I for me that's not necessarily the fun and interesting conversation to have because I think the answer is the boring answer, which is it'll come down to taste. Like they're very different video games, right? It. And like, uh, you love it is in, in terms of what? I think it's, I think I just love, I love oh, yeah. looking at the last couple of years of the game of the year conversation. And every year there's a different theme. Every year there's like that different kind of like, ah, this isn't the best year. It's the year of the nines, the year of the eights, whatever it is. Or it's like, mm. oh man, that clearly it's going to be this game. And then there's the runaway success. It's rare that we get these years where it's like, oh my God, there are multiple contenders. There's the breath of the wild and there's the Mario Odyssey and, and horizon, right? Yep. It's like that creates such fun. And I just love that it shows that games can be so damn successful in such different lanes comparing elden ring and god of war sure there are things that you can compare between the two of them uh but i just love that one of the things that uh you could compare is just the level of sheer quality yeah, for the experience of, of the the type of gameplay that they're doing elden ring being this massive revolutionary rpg that kind of took a, a genre that has gained dominance in the last decade and pushed it further into the mainstream that it ever has and they did it they pulled it off they did the damn thing yep and then god of war ragnarok and everything we just said being one of the best sequels of all time taking one of the previous most revolutionary games and like big kind of uh put it on the podium moments for uh, a franchise of like evolving what god of war can be and then ragnarok being like yeah we're gonna do it again and kind of prove that we still got the stuff and are defined sony specifically like playstation studios are defining what a third person narrative driven linear type semi-open game can be those are two very different things and they both crushed it yeah there's going to be an awesome conversation to be had because i think there's an immense value in both of those things and i really think at the end of the day it's going to come down to what people find more value in to give that game of the year title as if it means anything because at the end of the day it's all just people's opinions about things exactly and like you know when i say it comes down to, to taste right again if you are it comes down to what you're talking about in terms of what these games do if you're somebody that you know your kind of game is a blockbuster linear narrative driven action game guess what god of war ragnarok is probably going to be your game of the year if you're somebody that is like yo i want an action rpg with deep systems with a wide world to explore that lets me play the way i want to with different abilities they can equip that like really goes ham with the level design and the um you know rpg mechanics and all that shit guess what elden ring is probably going to be your shit if you ask me what my game of the year and like you know hey, yeah if you ask me what my game of the year is between like god of war and ragnarok and elden ring 10, 10 times out of 10, I'm going to say Elden Ring, right? But, like, if you ask Greg Miller or I'm sure Tim Geddes or, like, I'm sure. Uh, well, I'm in an interesting place with it. Oh, tell me. Because, and, and it's, it ends up not that interesting, but I think mm. the journey there is pretty interesting. We're going into Ragnarok. I was very much like, 
Sifu is my game of the year, and I want to rock for Sifu. Like, I want to show up for that game because I absolutely loved it. It did something new for me. It introduced me to a genre that I don't traditionally play, and I was absolutely in, and I felt like I accomplished a lot beating that game, and being a platinuming that game. Like, that was a success story for me personally that I will always hold on to. And to me, it is my game of the year. Yeah. And going into Ragnarok, I'm like, I know I'm going to love this game. I'm expecting that it has a good chance it, for me to be a perfect, like, five out of five. Um, and I was like, but it's a sequel. It's going to have to do something really special for it to, like, get that game of the year title from me. So I was kind of actively like, I don't want to give it to it. Now mm. that I played it, I'm like... I still haven't made my final choice, mm-hmm. but I'm like, I'm going to be shocked if it's See, not my game of the year. It's just so damn good. I'm and in like, a place where I, I I want my feelings to settle, right? Because uh-huh. right now we're in the middle of the God of War Ragnarok hype. And I've been trying to, again, avoid the questions of like, where does this land on your game of the year? Is this the, the best game of the year? Does this, is this better than Elden Ring? Like in terms of the last question for me, no, I like Elden Ring better. I think Elden Ring is a better game. That said, right, then it gets into the my top five lists and top five conversation and what I value. Yeah. And I am a... I'm a, I'm a gameplay over story person, right? I value fun. I value mechanics. I value that uh, over narrative. Not to say that, like, there aren't narratives that will come through and blow things out of the water for me. But usually I'm all about how addicted I am. How, like, how, like, how much am I, like, on the sticks and can't separate myself from that controller? And to that point, Sifu is maybe the most fun I've had in a video game this year, right? The most pure, the most raw fun I've had in a video game this year, right? How do I compare that mentally for me in terms of, God of War Ragnarok having the best uh, narrative <laughs> that I've played this year. I think Game of the Year season is going to be interesting, especially when we get into, whenever we do our Game of the Year, I imagine January, right? Like, how does that stack up in terms of what my top three, top mm-hmm. four looks like? We'll have to see. I'm trying to calm down from it now. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to make that stamp right now. Yeah, absolutely. All right, we're going to move on to story number two. But before we do that... I want to tell you about our sponsors. Just remember that you don't need to listen to these ads. If you go to patreon.com slash kind of funny, just like our Patreon producers, Super Daddy Kyle, Undertopia, and David Mintel, Eric Velasquez, Scotty Wyatt, Alex Gradle, Al Tribesman, Jason L., James Davis Makes, the nanobiologist Ryan T. from Tennessee, Derek Gehrig, and Donald Eccles. But for everyone else, here's some ads. Are you wasting money on subscriptions? 80% of people have subscriptions they forgot about. Do you know how much your subscriptions really cost? Well, most Americans think they spend around $80 a month on subscriptions when the actual total is closer to more than $200. That's right. You could be wasting hundreds of dollars each month on subscriptions you don't even know about. There's this app Tim loves using that takes care of all of that for him. It's called Rocket Money, formerly known as Truebill. The app shows all your subscriptions in one place and then cancels for you whatever you don't still want. Tim loves it. It's great. You should use it. Rocket Money can even find subscriptions you didn't even know you were still paying for. You may even find that you've been double charged for a subscription. To cancel a subscription, all you have to do is press cancel and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Get rid of useless subscriptions with Rocket Money now. Go to rocketmoney.com slash kindoffunny. Seriously, it could save you hundreds of dollars per year. Cancel your unnecessary subscriptions right now at rocketmoney.com slash kind of funny that's rocketmoney.com slash kind of funny go deeper into the canals of numenor the mines of kaza doom and more with the official the lord of the rings the rings of power podcast host felicia day and several special guests provide an inside look at the groundbreaking series and what it took to bring middle earth to life each episode of the official podcast features exclusive interviews with the series showrunners jd Payne and patrick mckay including the very first full breakdown of the incredible season finale. Felicia goes behind the scenes with the cast and crew to bring you
new jaw-dropping stories and Easter eggs you won't want to miss. Watch The Rings of Power on Prime Video and listen to all eight episodes of the official The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power podcast for free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app now. What's the first thing you do when you wake up? Is it checking up on your credit score? Didn't think so. At Chime, that's exactly what they do. Their members see an increase of 30 points on average with payday up to two days early and fee-free overdrafts up to $200. So start your credit journey with Chime. Sign up takes only two minutes and it doesn't affect your credit score. Get started at chime.com slash kfgames. That's chime.com slash kfgames. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by Stride Bank NA, pursuant to the license from Visa USA Chime Checking Account and $200 qualifying direct deposit required to apply for the secured Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card. Regular on-time payment history can have a positive effect on your credit score. Impact to your score may vary and some user scores may not improve. Of network ATM withdrawal fees may apply except at MoneyPass ATMs in a 7 Eleven or any All Point or Visa Plus Alliance ATM. So, again, start your credit journey with Chime. Sign up takes only two minutes, doesn't affect your credit score. Get started at chime.com slash KF Games. That's chime.com slash KF Games. Kojima, Kojima, Kojima. We got a whole bunch of Kojima news. Yeah, we do. Let's get in to story number two footage of Hideo Kojima's unannounced overdose has seemingly leaked. This comes from Tom Ivan at VGC. Footage of what appears to be a new horror game from Hideo Kojima has been published online. The footage, which was being widely circulated on social media, is seemingly the same gameplay that was first described in a Try Hard Guides report in June. It appears to feature Margaret Qualey, who starred in Kojima Productions' debut game, Death Stranding. It shows a character using a flashlight to navigate dark corridors from a third-person perspective. The video closes with a jump scare before displaying Game Over, followed by a Deo Kojima game, and finally, Overdose. Following the publication of the report describing the footage earlier this year, it was claimed that Kojima Productions requested its removal, seemingly lending weight to the claims made in the story. Kojima's teases next project ever since the release of Death Stranding in November 2019. That month, he suggested he was watching horror movies in preparation for a future project, and in April 2020, he said he'd like to make a revolutionary horror game one day. Oh, that is so yeah. exciting. Blessing. Let's go. Uh, this June, Kojima confirmed that he's working on a cloud-based project with Xbox. Quote, there's a game I've always wanted to make. It's a completely new game, one that no one has ever experienced or seen before. I've waited very long for the day when I could finally start to create it. With Microsoft's cutting-edge technology cloud technology and the change in the industry's trend, it has now become possible to challenge myself to make this never-before-seen concept. Tim, firstly, mm-hmm. uh, in our Game of the Year conversation in the last story, we neglected to mention Sonic Frontiers, all right? It's not going to matter once this game comes out. Everybody get hyped. We're T-minus four days away from Sonic Frontiers. It's going to make the Game of the Year conversation irrelevant. Let's hope. Uh, also, the- Kirby's not getting enough love. I just want to throw out the the, the Oh, Kirby, yeah, Kirby. Okay? That's Kirby. Kirby's the forgotten land. People people forgetting it. about it. Yeah, but honestly, it's like... The last three hours of Kirby that are that's a game of the year contender right. for me. You're right. And admittedly, is it in the same league as the games we're talking about? No. No, it's not. But I just want to give it some yeah, love. I want to give it some Kirby, love. Play Kirby, y'all. It's a great time. Hell yeah. 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 Uh, to the story, leaks like this are, are unfortunate. Yeah. Just because, you know, it, ruin, it ruins the surprise. It ruins, like, the the, the, the rollout, right? And, like, obviously, this team was working hard on this. That said, very excited very for this excited. game. Right? It seems like we're getting the, the PT dream finally realized of Kojima getting to make the horror game that he's always been wanting to make. Uh, and him calling it revolutionary, I don't doubt it because it's Hideo Kojima. And my guy's got the stuff. Uh, I'm looking forward to this. This sounds cool, too, right? Yeah. Talking about it being this third-person Different. horror game. 
I not mean, what yeah. I expect, right? Like after PT, you kind of expect, oh, they're going to go down that first person route. Like with PT, it, you know, it's it's really, really, really impressive to think about about Kojima, right? Mm-hmm. We talk about him a lot, give him a lot of praise, give the team a lot of praise, all of that. But I've never thought of Kojima as a George Lucas type. Like this mm-hmm. this creator that has made worlds that that are just beloved, that are so intricate and so deep and so creative that only could have came from that mind. And then it's kind of you see what it, where it kind of like goes from there. But all of that also being from a mind that's so infatuated with pushing tech forward. Where you look at Star Wars and like you look at ILM and you look at all the things THX and all the different technologies that were created. Uh, simultaneously to create these movies and make this world real. And you look at Kojima and the way that he's always kind of pushed the medium forward and the tech forward. And even uh, with Death Stranding, like you're trying to use the connection here, he's trying to like push the cloud, like use cloud gaming in a way no one else has. Like, it's just interesting the the parallels between them. And then you look at PT and it's pretty wild that we give Kojima so much credit for the storytelling in video games and like changing how adult video games can be. Mm-hmm. But then you look at PT and it's like, yo, that game kind of changed the industry in, in so many ways. Mm-hmm. Like we, it's barely a month that goes by that PT doesn't come up in conversation. Oh, yeah. Right. And it kind of created a new genre of survival horror. Yeah. It was part of that, the, that wave of, um, Oh, kind of funny. Com session wrong. Did Outlast come out before PT or like in the same year as it was PT? Because I, I think PT helped usher in that type of horror game, right? Like this per- first person, atmospheric. All right, solve. Like, what the fuck is this puzzle that I'm solving? Right? Like, how do I get to the, uh, to this next thing? If I like, if I get too insane, I fucking die or whatever the fuck. Right? Like, I think PT did help um, usher a lot of that in, and it was a big, it was a big piece in that equation, right? Yeah. And like. I PT personally is probably one of my favorite horror games ever, even though it's not a full game, right? I think as an experience, it is just so well mapped out. And also in its place of, hey, this is just a teaser for what we're actually working on. Mm-hmm. I think that was a step for, uh, uh, forward too. And it's sad that we didn't get that, that final thing, but it seems like we're going to get a version of that final thing here at least. We're yeah. getting his vision of what he, what he wants his horror game to be. And I'm so interested in it being a third-person survival horror game from Kojima. I'm like, all right, like, let's, let's go. go, man. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm super excited about this. Uh, then story number three, Kojima has turned down acquisition offers. This comes from Michael Beckwith at Metro. On his most recent podcast, Kojima admits he's received multiple acquisition offers and refutes rumors of his canceled Stadia game. Given his close working relationships with Sony, there was speculation at one point the Hideo Kojima studio, Kojima Productions, would be next in line to be absorbed into the company. That didn't happen, though, with Kojima saying at the time that his studio will remain purely independent. More recently, he's not only reiterated his this pledge, but he also revealed that he's had routinely received ridiculously high offers to sell his studio, all of which he's rejected. Kojima doesn't name any specific companies, but this does confirm that there are enough out there eager to bring Kojima and his team into their personal fold. No one is surprised at all. Mm-hmm. However, Kojima states that he wants to only make games he's in- interested in making, something he'd likely be unable to do if another company like Sony or Microsoft was calling the shots. Quote, let me reiterate that we are indies, uh, he said on the latest episode of his Brain Structure podcast. We have no affiliations whatsoever, and we're not backed by anyone. And every day, I'm approached by offers all over the world to buy our studio. Some of those offers are ridiculously high prices, but it's not that I want money. I want to make what I want to make. That's why I created this studio. So as long as I'm alive, 
I don't think I'll ever accept those offers. How awesome is that? How Hell awesome yeah. is it that Good a man as talented as Hideo Kojima made enough money to be in a position that he's like, I don't need money. I just want to do what I love. God, <laughs> and I, I love that, you know, I love this as a news story for multiple reasons. One, Yo, Kojima getting a podcast is the best thing that ever happened. Oh, it's awesome. Like, he you was listen, like, dude? It's awesome. I, yeah, I've only, I got to catch up. I only listened to the first episode, but like from the first episode, it's fantastic. I love the the TGA, Jeff Keighley segment. It's great. Great. Um, but the fact that like on this last episode, he was letting that thing sing. He was saying, he was giving up all the good stuff, mm-hmm. right? He was ta- he was spitting that talk mm-hmm. on that last, last episode of the podcast, according to these stories that we've gotten. Good for him for being able to have an outlet where he can be open and give us answers and all that stuff. And I do like this answer, and I do like how... We talk a lot about what the direction of Kojima Productions is. We talk a lot about acquisitions in the industry. Who are who's Microsoft or Sony going to buy? I like that we have a definitive answer from Kojima of him saying, "As long as I'm alive, I don't think we'll ever accept those offers." Of course, things can change, people change, right? Like five years from now, Kojima Productions could get acquired. Who knows? But the fact that he's like. I do. I do not want to do this as long as I'm alive. I think that you know gives us enough confidence to go. All right, cool. They're off the table, yeah. right? We don't have to speculate about this anymore. Kojima Productions is going to be indie, which is an exciting thing because Kojima Productions, Tito Kojima specifically, has not had a great experience when it comes to being under yeah. big publishers. You know, you go back to Konami in 2015 and the in the the reports and rumors of the ways in which Konami was treating Kojima, and it's like. Man, the version of Metal Gear Solid Five we would have gotten if Kojima wasn't under uh, Konami, or if Konami, Konami wasn't mistreating Kojima, right? That would have been such an excellent version of that game, right? If we could, if we could get Chapter Three, um, and so yeah, I love the fact that he's like, "Yo, let me just make my own shit." You yeah. know, I got the clout because I'm Kojima. I got the partnership uh, making ability because I'm Kojima. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm gonna make my own shit and make it mine and be creative with it. So good for you, Hideo. Having said that, it is Hideo Kojima we're talking about. Mm. So at any moment, he can be like, "Oh, we're not acquired, but we have been Aqua Red." And it's different. We, we used to be independent, but now, we, you know what I mean? And I know what you mean. I know out. what you mean. Yeah, you just went into a Kodak call. Like I, started, I just had Metal Gear flashbacks. <laughs> no, but like jokes aside, I, this is this is awesome. I'm, I'm very excited for them to do this. And I just, I love that we're um, at this new era where between Kojima and Sakurai with his YouTube channel, we're seeing creators, and even like... Um, Clifford Blazinski yeah. uh, putting out his book. It's like and and uh, being on more podcasts and stuff and just talking about like the the behind the scenes like, like game development, right? And like kind of allowing them to have voices as personalities is so cool because it's a totally different side of the industry that we haven't heard from, and I think we're going to start to get a lot more of that. And I think it's it's a really it's really important that uh, we hear from them because then we get more insight into like how these things work and like where certain companies are are at and like what their plans are. It's cool stuff. Um, and then, oh, bless. I don't know why you did this to me. You choose the Listen, new stories for the show. I understand we're in the Kojima rock block of stories. It's so we can finally put a pin and end this once and for all, Tim. All right. We're at the end of the all Kojima right. rock block. All right. Give us story number four. <laughs> Mark my freaking words. Give me the one, Barrett. Give him the one. This will be the last time. This will be the last time. Don't say it, Tim. You ever hear me read an abandoned story? I will not do do it it after this point. He's abandoning abandoned. This is the first. I'm just saying, fast forward three weeks from now, and you're going to be reading an abandoned story. I'm not going to read the abandoned story. Avli, hi. How's it going? Because Avli... Is going to read the abandoned story. <laughs> you have to read the story. Hopefully, I've never story. met you. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet Hi. you. Hello. Oh, yes. Hello. I want to hug as well. I just ran on. I just ran out here immediately. No, I'm good with squatting. You, you, you take hug, this. Is, oh. 
Nice to meet you, I love the studio Listen, so much. I ran out here because I heard that you were maybe one of the only people in this building that has played Bayonetta 3, and I haven't found anyone to speak to about the oh game. Oh, my God. Have you finished it? No. I'm very early in it. I got Listen, I got distracted by multiple reviews, and so I was playing God of War. I was playing God of War. Will I make my way back to Bayonetta 3? Who knows? Because there's a lot of games coming out awfully. You have to play Bayonetta 3. The storyline itself, like, you know how Bayonetta games are. They're like 12 to 15 hours to complete. It's not that much. I did it in two days. That's longer than I expected. I thought it was like eight hours. It's only 12 to 15? There are like three and a half hours of pure cinematics. We'll see. Go to play we'll Bayonetta see. 3. Okay, what am I reading? You're reading uh, the, the story yeah. right here. All right, okay, Thank cool. Thank you so much. Hideo Kojima has responded to the rumors and fan theories that he was involved in the development of Blue Box Game Studios Abandoned and that it was secretly the next entry in the Silent Hill franchise. Kojima has confirmed he has no involvement and calls rumors of any connection to Blue Box a nuisance. <laughs> Well, this one, I really didn't understand at first, Kojima said. Users just kept sending me pictures of this Hassan. They still send me uh, collages and deep fake images like 20 oh, no. a day. It's really quite a nuisance. <laughs> this has been going on for almost two years now. And Jeff, you remember when we did that Moby Dick thing, you were in on the whole thing and that was pretty fun. Uh, but people should know that I wouldn't do the same thing twice. Do I, you want me to keep reading the whole thing yes oh, please yeah, yeah. all right let's go kojima was speaking to the game awards uh jeff keely on his spotify podcast brain structure and discussed the situation that began when abandoned was announced in april 2021 on playstation.blog alongside saying he has yet to speak with hassan uh, kojima shared some words of advice for the director and encouraged him to let his work do the talking I don't think there's much he can do or say at this point, but if he releases the game, then people might understand, Kojima said. So maybe he should just hurry up and release it? It will die down after that. Plus, I'm not involved with it in any way. I don't know who started this rumor, but I think this is fake news based off of users' wishes and hopes. Fantastic. What? Thank you so Thank much, Thank you so Ampli. much, Ampli. Thank you. We oh, appreciate you. I came all the way to San Francisco. To, I came all the way to San Francisco to find someone to talk about Bayonetta three with. Listen, the journey continues. <laughs> Listen, for you, I will finish Bayonetta three. I will finish Bayonetta three. Please, I'm making the promise now. Please, please, and then message me immediately. Okay, I got you. <laughs> oh man, I of love course, it here. you can I catch Ollie playing some League of Legends right after this uh, episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily. Exactly. Uh, and also, I love that that worked out that I didn't need to read the story. This is fantastic. <laughs> but again, Tim, I think you're making you're digging your own grave. You're going to read another story in three weeks. Oh, man. I don't know. I don't know. We'll, we'll find a way. I'll find a I way. I mean, now that Kojima's it. not connected to it, there is absolutely no reason for us that we're abandoned on the show ever that is again. true. Uh, you Until, know what? Wait, well, I'm not going to curse this. I ain't going to say shit. Yeah. We're moving on to the next story. Let's bless. move on. Marvel Snap is getting its PvP mode later this year. Let's go. This comes from Logan Plant at IGN. Marvel Snap is quickly becoming one of the biggest hits of 2022, earning over $2 million in its first week. The collectible card game is already a huge success, and the developers will soon add a highly anticipated feature, playing against friends. A Marvel Snap spokesperson told the Washington Post, 
that the game's friend-centric battle mode is coming before the end of 2022. According to a development roadmap, battle mode against friends will work slightly differently than Snap's primary ranked mode. In ranked Marvel Snap matches, you play against random players of similar skill, moving you up and down the ladder depending on if you win or lose. In battle mode versus friends, Snap implements a health system where each player starts with 10 health and the winning player deals damage to their opponent equal to the stakes of the game. Using the Snap mechanic doubles the damage you'll do to your opponent. Players will compete in a series of games with the same deck until one player runs out of health. I can't wait for this. I am going to play against Gia, and I'm going to beat her ass. God damn. God damn. I'm not going to go easy at all. I'm not going to go easy, dude. I'm using Onslaught. I'm using Iron Man. She ain't going to know what's coming, How hardcore is Gia into Marvel Snap? Dude, she is in. She's doing dailies three times a day. Okay. Because for a second, I thought you're like, I assumed Gia was like maybe like just lightly into it because you're into it, and I was like, yo, you're going to beat up on. You had the choice of fighting Greg. You had the choice of fighting like, you know, I play Marvel Snap, you could have fought him. You could have fought Alfredo because he's deeply into Marvel Snap. You're like, I'm going to beat you. No, 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 no. I've been training her, and like, I, it's going to be one of those, like, it's going to be a Karate Kid 3 situation. And if you know God what I'm damn. talking about, like, I don't actually mean that. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus uh, Christ. This is an awesome way to do it, too, because, you know, this uh, this keeps people in the battle for longer, right? The fact that it is a series of multiple games where you're playing back-to-back and you're trying to n- knock down their health, right? I think the that kind of fixes, the I'm sure, the challenge of, well, Marvel Snap games last, like, three minutes. Yeah. So is it, you know, I'm playing against a friend and I'm playing for three minutes and then I rematch up and then I rematch up over and over again. The fact that they found a way to extend it to make it an actual enga- engaging experience for longer when you want to play against friends. Very smart. And yeah, I cannot wait for this. It sounds awesome. It's super cool, man. Are you are you still playing? Uh, like I do a few matches a day. You know, I, it's the thing of review season is caught up to me. And so I'm all over the place in terms of the games I'm playing and the things I'm doing. But uh, when I get the chance, whenever I get, I've not turned off the notifications on my phone because that is my alert to, okay, no, I, I'm booting this up now and I'm playing yeah. a match or two. Yeah, dude, I I'm I'm still so in, and I'm like I'm Hell playing yeah. as as much as I possibly can. But like it's I'm like I'm happy with how it distributes like kind of new stuff because it slows me down in the right way. Where like I've done all the things for the season pass, like, I'm well past the season pass at this point. So now I'm like I can chill. Like it's it the min max stuff is like not really worth it right now for me. So I'm like mm-hmm. I can kind of wait a week or two to go hard again. But now I'm excited for that. Hell yeah. Anyways, uh, thank you, Bear, for bringing this up. This this is. Real. Oh my Us god! Trying to watch Bachelor in Paradise, and she's just not paying attention. Wow! And I'm wow. like, I'm like, this that's is how you know it's real. That, yeah. she's it's not real. watching Bachelor in Paradise. <laughs> Jeez. So it's a whole thing. Anyways, moving on to story number six. Oh my lord! Oh god! Why do you do this to me, Blessing? I blame Listen, you. I blame news. you. It's the news. You know, you got to report the news. Square Enix has announced a playable NFT collectible car collectible art experience. This comes from Chris <laughs> Scullion at IGN. <laughs> Now, here's the thing. I'm actually kind of happy mm-hmm. that we're talking about this news story today because I saw this news break yesterday and I was like, I'm so bummed that I'm not going to be able to say some of these words. Mm-hmm. Square Enix has announced a new franchise built around NFTs. Symbiogenesis. 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 Oh, God. God. It's described by the company as its first digital collectible art project designed from the ground up for Web3 fans. According to Square Enix, Symbiogenesis is set in a self-contained world where a wide cast of characters, Symbiosis, all of which can be collected as digital art. That's a sentence. I didn't misread that. That's what it says. Yep. That's what it says, everybody. Uh, It promises to offer an interactive story in a dedicated community. (laughs) How do you promise a dedicated community, you fucks? As you read the story, just pay attention to the buzzwords they're using and how nondescript they are. The interactive story. Y'all. Y'all. It gets better. The quote-unquote art 
They actually put quotes around art. <laughs> like they don't even believe it in they themselves. They don't even fucking believe it. <laughs> they don't believe it. The art collected by players can be used as a character in a story that takes place in an alternate world where the player can untangle of this. Why is untangle in quotes within the quotes? Because you gotta, it's it, you gotta think deeply, Tim. All right. What? It's all. Listen, you're looking at it all service level because you're one of those, you know, basic plebes out there that isn't plugged into the Web three. All right. Let me tell you about NFTs. All right. You gotta, un- you gotta untangle the mystery, Tim. Let me tell you. I got, I got, I got a Symbio NFT that's worth fifty thousand dollars right now. Is that thing gonna plummet tomorrow? I don't know. You don't know. God. I don't know. I'm gonna keep it though. Yeah, I'm gonna keep Sonic is not the worst thing about you right now. <laughs> oh man, I'm gonna make All so right, much money on. off the symbiogenesis. I need to reread this, and I need y'all to understand the words that I'm looking at and how they are being portrayed to me. All right, the quote art end quote collected by players can be used open quotes as a character in a story that takes place in an alternate world where the player can new quotes untangle. Under quotes, a mystery by completing missions that revolve around questions of the mon- monopolization and distribution of resources. End quote. That, listen, if, the there, if, actual there's, fuck. if there's anything that gamers like, if there's any subject matter that gamers want to participate in in their video games, you know, it's monopolization in the distribution of resources. That gets that gets me I, going. I, I, like, hey, like um, you, it's it's Norse mythology, right? It's Norse mythology. <laughs> it's uh, all the all the shit they got going on in Nier Automata, and then it's monopolization in the distribution of resources. Well, Those are my three favorite genres, yeah, right there. It, 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 they're saying use capitalism to fight capitalism. What the fuck are you even saying, Square Enix? No, Come on, hold on, Barrett, Barrett. You should, you know, open your heart and open your mind a little bit. If, if the monopolization uh, and distribution of resources isn't your thing, it can also be used as a social media profile picture. Exactly. Square Enix says the, the sales of the Sim- Symbiogenesis NFTs will begin in spring 2023 alongside a, quote, free browser service. <laughs> what does that mean? You're going to compete with Tim. Firefox? Plus, we, we broke Tim. With Google Chrome? I should not have given the Red Bull plus the coffee. <laughs> What the actual I'm so mad about this dude When Square Enix came out and they're just like Yo we're gonna put out a Final Fantasy fighting game What are you gonna call it? Dissidia And it's like what the hell that's a weird name And they're like what's the sequel gonna be? Dissidia Duodecum Prologus And it's like what the fuck are you talking about? And then Kingdom Hearts do I even need to get into all that shit? No I don't you know what I'm talking about Of course Square Enix is gonna come out with NFTs And call it Symbiogenesis Here's, here's the silver lining on all this, right? Because there is a silver lining. When this was first being rumored slash reported, uh, there was like a, um, a trademark for Symbiogenesis, which I want to say is connected to Parasite Eve. So a lot of people were like, oh, okay, they're God doing a Parasite Eve thing. Like, they're doing a Parasite Eve game. This could have been Parasite Eve NFT, the game, or whatever, the thing. This could have been the reboot to, to Parasite Eve. Thank God they're doing it with, like, some weird other thing, right? It's not actually connected, connected. Unless it is. Unless, like, this ends up being, like, oh, yeah, and also it is the Parasite Eve you know and love. Then it's like, oh, okay, we're really fucked here. But, yeah, this is going to come out. It's probably going to fail or, you know, appeal to the, the audience that is into nfts and then wither away and then fall with um the rest of the nft market once everything goes once everything collapses in that we'll have to see though we'll have to see we'll have to quote unquote no fucking thanks no fucking thanks nfts story number seven it's a little psa for you all right y'all need to stay safe out there spoilers for the biggest game of the year have begun to leak Sonic Frontiers. Uh, Sonic Frontiers is nearly here, and as has seemed to become commonplace these days, spoilers have began to leak ahead of its November 8th release date, thanks to early copies being out in the wild. There's 
This here is a PSA to run as fast as the blue blur away from them. While we won't link them here as we don't want to spoil any of Sonic Frontiers for you, they're already... Uh, users streaming Sonic Frontiers on Twitch. Recent era threads have already popped up with long videos of the game in action. Many of these are being quickly taken down by Sega, but my friends, the dangers of spoilers have officially arrived. So if you're trying to be safe out there, I'd suggest you mute all the words. Uh, um, it was already scary out there with God of War Ragnarok spoilers mm -hmm. being out there, but now the, the real spoilers, the real spoilers are out there with the Sonic Frontiers uh, copies being out there. So stay safe, mute the, all the words. Um, uh, there was uh, Knuckles, the, the prologue happened. So mute Knuckles, mute Sonic. If yeah. you heard anything that Knuckles is doing that sounds unsavory, don't repeat it. <laughs> yeah. Don't repeat it out there. Mute all the words. You yeah, got I got spoiled this morning. The first clip I saw on YouTube was a, a, a clip of Sonic walking. You got to mute the words. Sonic. I, I, I thought Bear was about to say, I, like, I got spoiled that I learned that when someone fucks Knuckles, Knuckles, <laughs> Knuckles fucks back. 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 <laughs> Stay safe out there, beloved. Wow. Well, if Knuckles fucks back, the answer to that question, bless, we might not ever know. Mm-hmm. But if I want to know what was coming to mom and pop shops today, where would it Nick Sarfino laughing in the background has no idea what the fuck we're talking about on this show right now. Uh, you can go to the official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show hosts each and every weekday. Yeah. I love this show. There's a Friday energy, and I absolutely love it. Today, we got Demon Throttle on Switch. We got Harvestella. Oh, Harvestella. Stella's finally out on Switch and PC. Let's go. Uh, it Takes Two's on Switch. Humankind on PS4, PS5, Xbox One, and the Xbox Series. Uh, Bratz Flaunt Your Fashion on everything. Uh, you, you laugh. Raj Bricorni requested a code. Requested a code and genuinely told me yesterday that, no, this is a big deal. There's not been a Bratz game in over a decade, is what he said. Okay. And uh, he said it seriously because he knows he's a meme of a person. <laughs> no, but he was saying that um, Lianza, uh, his partner, is very excited for this Bratz game. Because there's not no, been a Bratz game in over a decade. this is a big deal. Because there hasn't been one in over a and, decade. And apparently Bratz games are really important. I Listen, I didn't know this. I, I learned all of this from Roger Bacorny. I so you got, a, you got a few big games coming out this month. You got God of War Ragnarok. You got Sonic Frontiers. You got the Devil Inside Pokemon. You got Brass. Mm -hmm. Flaunt your fashion. Next up, we have Goddess of Victory Nikkei on mobile. We have the Nintendo Switch OLED model Pokemon Scarlet and Violet Edition. And we have Her Loss by Draken21 Savage. Let's go. <laughs> you, know, you know, I was listening to that this morning. Let me tell you. It's definitely a Draken21 Savage album. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's, it's fine. It's fine. It might, it might be better than fine. I got to like, let it like digest. There are some bars in one of the songs. Yeah. Um, it's like, uh, I don't have time to look up the actual song. Cool Greg, like, this is totally unrelated, but Cool Greg showed me, uh, I don't even want to say it's a new song. I think it was like six months old by, by Lotto called Booty. Mm. Oh, man. Yeah? It's a it's a fucking bagger. Oh, okay. I got to check that. I've been listening to this artist named Dochi. Dochi's fire. Wait. You been listening to Dochi? Oh, yeah. Bro, Dochi's fucking drink. <laughs> I love her, dude. I, I, like, I, I, I went on a bender listening to Dochi the, the other day. There's the one song that went viral like a year ago or whatever. Yeah. Where she was my like, name's Dochi with two eyes? Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> That's my shit right there, bro. Oh, my God. Dude, my heart. The palpitations are happening. Bless. I'm so sorry for giving you that Red Bull. It was a mistake. I'm never going to do it ever again. It was Sonic. Sonic did this to me. Uh, new dates he's for the, you. He says it's all of us. Die by the Blade has been delayed until 2023. Uh, Aspire 2 sneaks its way into MetaQuest on November 17th. Godzilla joins Gigabash on December 9th. And the Sunshine Shuffle is releasing on Steam December 6th. Deals of the day. 
This is a cool one. Yeah. Uh, more Ratchet and Clank games coming to PS Plus Premium on November 15th. You're getting Ratchet and Clank on PS3, Ratchet and Clank going Commando, Ratchet and Clank up your arsenal, Deadlocked, and Tools of Destruction. Hell yeah. So my, I, my question for both of you is why wasn't it there in the first place? It's a really good question. Why weren't these games here in the first place? They why were on they the there? old service. Well, at PlayStation tweeted out this morning, today we're celebrating 20 years of travel across space, time, and dimensions with Ratchet and Clank. Details on the anniversary armor pack for Rift Apart and classic games from the series are coming to PS Plus Premium. Barrett, when this service launched, was it the 20th anniversary? Was it the no, 20th but anniversary the old in June? Already had those games. I think, except <laughs> maybe for Ratchet and Clank, the PS3 version. But Barrett, how are they going to give you the games if the games are already? You got to think about it, Barrett. All right. Barrett you Bob's think about is it. asking, why is this out today? Why is this an out today? It's not an out today. It's in deals, deals of, of the day, day that will be upcoming. Kebabs. Listen, this is, this is why I delete Listen, all the that, that Red Bull's Hindu. <laughs> I'm really concerned. He has like three other shows to do today. I got three shows, motherfuckers. <laughs> Oh man! It's Tim Ragnarok. No, Tim it's, Ragnarok, Tim Ragnarok, everybody. He's Jesus back. Christ. Uh, what, what did we get wrong? Let's see. Um, Metabologist writes in says Outlast launched on PC in 2013. PT came out in 2014. Um, oh my lord! Whoa! You you reading the same one I'm reading? I, I am, and like you know what? I'm gonna read it. I I have to do it. Bless. I really have to. Bandera we'll then writes in and says Echidnas, which Knuckles is actually have four tipped penises scientists call it the weirdest dick in the animal kingdom so knuckles in fact fucks back what did i try to tell y'all all All right i kept telling you you fuck with knuckles he fucks back we got proof jesus christ we got proof next week's host we got greg and me on monday we got greg and bless on tuesday we got bless and greg on wednesday bless and me on thursday and me and bless on friday uh if you're watching live after this is a league of legends stream that's a little weird for kind of funny. You might want to check that out and see what fun surprises we have. You know, one of the surprises is yeah. Ovily. She's playing. That's cool. Or just, I don't know. She'll be there. She's Mike is going to go Mike. pro, I hear. Mike's going pro. He's going to do it. He's going to Worlds. Um, but until next time, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily. Thank you guys for hanging out. Thank you guys for having fun. Got to go fast. Got to go fast. Until next time. Pleasure to serve you. Bye. <laughs>